welcome to the new space podcast. Uh, I'm here with someone who I'm going to introduce you to do, uh, today. I mean, I, I'm probably being introduced around the place because not many people know me, and I'm going to introduce other people. That's part of what new space is. And this guy is going to get um, a little bit of a, a place on new space as well. I'm going to I'm going to um, put up his uh, show uh, every week so that you can uh, you can get to see uh, whenever it, whenever it's out uh, so you get to see I don't want to make promises for him and the man I'm talking about is Ryan Graham he's a lovely guy uh, he's a creator of the Independent Review uh, which is advertised as a weekly show highlighting clips from the top independent journalists and there are some around you know there are a few um, and it is a really I mean he's he he uh, has uh, put me in amongst some of these great names. Some of my clips have made, uh, have made it amongst the reels. Um, and I mean, for independent journalists nowadays, it's really important for us to have a connection and have an ability for other people to spread work and uh, show people that there's not just one or two faces in this pool there's a lot of faces and it's important that everybody gets to see everybody's work and read every side of the story whether they agree or not so this is ryan graham and like i say the independent review is something you should follow and we're gonna have a fun conversation today and get to meet you so ryan welcome to the news paced podcast thank you for having me johnny glad to be here yeah man i'm i'm really happy uh to I've properly made contact with you. Um, so, like, uh, uh, what's your background? Where, where have you come from? Where, where were you born, sir? Sure. My origin. <laughs> yeah, let's get back I, to the our proximal uh, origin of the Ryan origin. Graham. <laughs> of the clan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of the clan, uh, Graham. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll, talk about your, we'll talk about your deep heritage later. There we go. Yeah. Oh, no, I've lived head. all over, but I was... Uh, I won't go too deep, but born in Missouri, lived all over. Family was in the federal government for a while, so that's why we moved all over the place. So I grew up surrounded by, you know, normal federal jobs, uh, other relatives and, you know, CIA, DEA jobs. But like my dad was just a normal USDA, help farmers work with that kind of grew up. So I lived in Missouri, lived in, you know, big cities there, St. Louis, lived in D.C., outside of D.C. in the sticks of West Virginia. We moved to Montana in the freezing cold. And then uh, right now I'm in Oregon still. And that's kind of where I've been most of my life, where we settled. They lived in a bunch of other states, but kind of been all around. Uh, grew up here, pretty normal life. You know, we weren't, we're definitely not like a wealthy family, you know, paycheck to paycheck, make it by, but we had food on the table. Went to school, still paying for school. <laughs> and uh, uh, my buddy that I went to school with, I've known since fourth grade football, he, he, wanted to start a business and asked if I join him. And so we just been doing custom t-shirts, little, you know, brick and mortar store for the past 10 years and some interesting stories, you know, with dealing with the whole government regulation shutdown that we tried to defy as much as we could in 2020. And it was about 2019 when I got my first exposure to more, you know, actual independent journalism, <laughs> not, the mainstream, I uh, mainstream, I uh, mainstream. Never liked the just. There's always that dumb two-party bias. It's just so obvious to see. Of you know, you got the MSNBCs and the Fox News, and it's just this isn't really news. It's just a kind of crummy opinion by you know giant corporations. So that was 
And I've always been more of a contrarian to the sense of if you try to tell me something, then I'm probably going to do the opposite for the most part. Or if it's, you know, coming from authority. Obviously, my parents have been pretty, I'd always listen. But uh, outside of that realm, I was, uh, and coaches, it was, uh, yeah, I, if the main's telling me to do this or go see this movie or see that, I'm like, eh, I don't think I want to go that route. Um, so that led me to my buddy bringing up Jeffrey Epstein. And at the time, I mean, gosh, the most I'd ever really gotten into was, you know, starting to kind of realize stuff about 9-11 and a few other things like the Vegas shooting. I was like, there's some weird stuff going on. But, you know, I never dove deep, never could find much. So, you know, I just kind of went about my life. Um, but when he wrote, when he brought me, he's like, you got to check this Epstein out. July of 2019, it was like right as he was being arrested before his suicide. Um, I mean, that's my, what is my Wi-Fi name here when I was trying to get this set up? It's NSA on one and Epstein didn't kill himself on my other. It's just to mess with the neighbors. <laughs> but it, and that was a big opening. Uh, the first interview I found, because, you know, you search that then I was getting into more podcasts where before I was stuck listening to like Howard Stern every day and that was driving me nuts. Uh, he was yeah, getting on my nerves. But you kind of get into that. So like these big yeah. names and the big faces yeah. and they're the alternative. They become the alternative to news. And mm -hmm. I think that that happened for uh, quite a while. I think everybody can touch on, like, yeah. can, can uh, really get in touch with this. But um, the alternative to the news, yes. when the news has been dying, has been comedy programs. Yeah, that's hundred percent, hundred percent. And that led me to the few interviews I could find, just being kind of new to podcasts and get off terrestrial radio was. Um, there was a handful with, you know, Whitney on there just talking about Epstein and the whole rabbit hole. And that just from there, I kind of just found any interview that she was talking about. And then that led me to more and more and more people that were involved in that. And that was just the Epstein stuff. I mean, it, we weren't even getting into I mean, it was you know almost 2020. So but where that really led me to was James Corbett was next and Ryan Christian uh, Christian, if I get that right. Um, and that's. I was very fortunate. I didn't have a ton of others yet that I was, you know, following yet. Right as we're going in 2020, but it was very. I just feel a debt of gratitude to the whole community because I feel like without even that, that led me to being able to see real news where it's source material. They're not just saying, you know, they'll tell you if it's their opinion, right? But here's the source. Here's this study. Here's what's actually going on. You know, here's. You know, we got the Kushners doing the Operation Warp Speed with Donnie. We got this going on the side. It took two days to get this, you know, coding from China just to get everything. I was like, well, that's kind of odd, you know. And and then you put other basic things, knowing that when they start saying, now we're going to shut down. I even had, it was just, I didn't talk to him, but I even had a random conference call when they were trying to tell us to shut down with, like, Trump came on the call. And you know, I can't do a Trump impression very well. But he was on. He's like, it's going to be great. We're fine. You know, it's China. We're going to have, we're going to get it taken care of. You know, it'll be a few weeks. And I was like, but we're going to take care of small business. Don't worry. I was like, what the, is this? Yeah. I'd like, no, I was like, we're going to stay open. You know, and Oregon was different. You know, my, not to go on too many tangents, but my sister lives in the Midwest now, not by choice, but that's where her husband lives, you know, and that's his job. So it was pretty wild seeing, even in this state, in Oregon, the different areas of, I'm not sure how it was where you are, but like completely polar different as far as restrictions and lockdowns and and just society of how people would be masked or not or care or not. Or it was a wild scene where we were and you could go 
40 miles out, it'd be totally different. Or you go to another state, it's like it didn't exist, period. Not that it did anyway. But, you know, uh, the illusion of it. I, yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely had... Um, you see, you see you're, you're telling me, yeah, like, your journey, and I'm, I'm digging it and mm-hmm. getting it completely. Uh, I mean, I've had a, a similar type of journey. I mean, a very similar type of journey. Um, I was I was completely really unknown when I was doing my writing in like uh, 2016, 2017, mm-hmm. 2018. And it was only when I started reporting on uh, Nicole Youngkerman and her links with Jeffrey Epstein did things start to roll. But by that time, I'd already been listening to um, Media Monarchy, James Evan Pilato, yeah. uh, nearly yeah. every single day, um, unable to to go and watch um, uh, Corbett whenever whenever needs be. And of course, I passed by all of the people um, like Whitney and like uh, mm-hmm. Brian Christian, and I kind of seen them all at the start. You know, they're starting off um, because I was already. Uh, it, deep into i was i was writing this stuff and i i remember when i started off like no one's no one's one of my first articles got like two hundred fifty thousand reads that's a lot of reads to have and zero back in and just on like uh one of those you put it up yourself sort of websites and uh and yet for me i wasn't mentioned anywhere ever so, so it, when James Evan Pilato mentioned my work, and I was just like blown away. It was just like, wow, oh, yeah, oh yeah. my god, that's amazing. And then, like you guy. know, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, he just one of uh, he. I, I mean, he's what is. He, I was a musician as well, and I mean, the reason mm-hmm. why I started up into journalism was because of that. Really, the big sadness of the fact that the music industry was dead it was being destroyed mm-hmm. by policies on the ground so the, the 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 town i'm in cardiff the capital of wales is like yeah uh is the home of song it used to be the only place in britain where you didn't need a busker's license because it was written in to law that you could you know sing on the streets of cardiff oh, you know it's, cool. it's like yeah it's it, wales is the land of song um and then they just closed down all of the clubs all of the places that, that, that were open were closed down because they built um Wanky apartments in the city centre, and no was allowed to play music anymore. And it it become like like what their vision of fifteen minute cities look like, where everybody behaves themselves and becomes mm-hmm. all clean all of the time, and everybody keeps the noise down, and you know, and all of this, mm-hmm. and everything's sterile, stale, and soon you own don't own any of your stuff, and you just walk into, it, and so on and so forth. And I saw it heading towards all of that stuff, and I found a uh, uh, an independent. Uh, musician called Headache from mm. a band called Ice Cream Headache uh, in uh, the UK, a real good punk band, but his songwriting was off the scales. He he had written albums where he nailed everything that was coming like oh. perfectly, and kind of that inspired me to look at everything and be like, yeah, this one song that was um, uh, the 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 security the manager and the security guard so it's all that's going to be left in every shop is the manager and the Mm -hmm. security guard but when he wrote that song you went in and there was no computers and technology in every shop you know there's no kiosks where you serve yourself um so it had that that sort of like feeling that he was looking ahead of his time and i think all of these sort of like 
indie music that really led me to love media monarchy man it was just such a brilliant show and then just like pump up the volume as well and like and just just that. yeah just it really inspired me and and it gave me kind of a soundtrack to work by and when you're talking just to skip on when you're talking about that start of COVID, because it was mm -hmm. like one of the first questions, of course, I'm going to ask you is about your experience during COVID, because you're obviously going to have uh, intriguing experiences. But when you're talking about looking around and how it was there, I had this mm -hmm. weird thing because it started off, I was in Cardiff, and then I moved to Chile yeah. four days before they locked down in Chile. So I oh. got there and it was an extreme lockdown where we were allowed mm. out with police permission for um, uh, two hours a week. And you have to do everything within that two hours. Um, oh. it, it was insane. And the police check you and the, the security check on every door. We watched people not being allowed in shops because they, they, they're like just trying to buy food for their baby and yeah. stuff. Like literally the worst type of shit. They just will not oh. help people. It was awful. It was uh, dystopia. Everybody in Chile was completely completely masked up um they wouldn't serve you unless you were you know everybody they, they, children in prams it was it was awful. Uh, it was one of the worst things uh, that, that i think i saw was uh, you know the difference between that and then coming back because after three months came back to britain and then it was mm -hmm. like Oh, you can walk around without a mask on again, uh, <laughs> and everybody in my area is like, just forget, you know, forgetting about yeah. it. And it's like small talk about it, but most people, if they do, they just like they got around their chin and they just yeah, like, yeah. All right, all right. If you complain, I'll it's here. On, for God's <laughs> sake, you know. Um, so that kind of uh, it get got different because I'm from a city like Cardiff. It got different when you went out into the rural areas mm. and then you had loads of people who were much more scared. When you live yeah. further away from people, you are less likely, I think, to discuss um, what's going on around you with yeah. people who are outside your family. So you tend to be safe, better safe than sorry. Um, but I saw this difference because then uh, I spent six months in um, over six months in Britain, and then went back to Chile and and, and saw this backwards and forwards, backwards and mm -hmm. forwards, and it was uh, like over there it was. A completely different thing over here it was chilled as hell in between going from airport to airport to airport yeah. you had loads of different reactions to it oh, some oh, really yeah. like sinister um and and severe so so that's a really interesting thing that like how the culture on the ground affects it so so you, you you're like uh when was the first time this is a brief thing that i really love asking people it mm -hmm. really gets the nub of people's experiences when was the first time you truly understood what was coming? When was the first time that it went from not realizing that there was about to be lockdowns and this was really real to there suddenly being lockdowns and this being real? Mm. Yeah, you know, when they first... Uh, that's a good question. Because, you know, you see some writing on the wall and obviously the states were a little different and each state within the states you know, it was a little different and definitely nothing like what you're saying in, in Chile. I, I think I even saw a video of a, a really elderly lady not even be able to get in to get her groceries because she didn't have like some kind of card or something like that. It was crazy. Um, but I would say, you know, you start hearing these rumors like they're going to have martial law come out and and do this. And I was like, oh, damn, that seems kind of nuts. Like, uh, who knows where this is going to go? And so what when when they announced, was it the first, I think they said 15 or 10 days was going to be the first kind of lockdown leading up to it. I was like, well, 
Two weeks I mean, to flatten the curve. Yeah, I was like, well, I'm still going in. I mean, like, and we told our employees too, you know, you don't have to, but we're going to go in. I know making t-shirts is not essential <laughs> workers, but I was like, you know, we small business, you know, we're a paycheck to paycheck, you know, they're paycheck to paycheck. We are, I don't know anything other than Donnie's little, we'll take care of small businesses, little, you know, <laughs> uh, phone call was, uh, I was like, ah, oh, we got to, you know, we got to eat too. And, you know, my wife was in uh medical field, you know, with like orthopedics. So they, obviously shut down so she was here and actually we she was smart because they were kind of saying the writing on the wall this was just in the Oregon sense the own Oregon Health Authority they were um you know obviously she was about to have a baby so right at that same time before everything went down they're like they had some people say just take your maternity leave now just go now like everything's gonna go to crap they're gonna shut stuff down we don't know when it's coming back is this just, like March 2020? Yeah, yeah, March yeah, because Cause, cause uh, your baby's born in April. Yeah, April. Yeah. So this was even probably the end of February going into March. They're like, just go now, just go now. So it was actually pretty early because she she with our first our girl she basically worked all the way up um, till she was ready. You know, like maybe a month. She's like, okay, I don't want to have birth at work, <laughs> but uh, so. Uh, kind of got a little writing on the wall there of like, well, this state, we might be doing some different stuff than what I'm hearing in like the Midwest or Texas or Florida. So, okay, we're, we're keeping our eye out. So I, I just said, well, I'll just go in. We'll print orders we need to. Obviously, we weren't getting half the stuff we were getting. Ironically enough, we're getting a lot of shirts for old people, like old folks' homes. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know if they're trying to boost morale when they lock them in their rooms or something. I, did they? Did they, I, they? I take it they didn't say don't trust the government on it. Right? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you're, you're not gonna make it past the next see, thirty. See, days. When, <laughs> when, yeah, yeah. When when you said when you said um you weren't essential business. Well, I think if you can print, don't trust the government on something. Yeah, right. Classes as essential can, workers. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, so that's kind of when I was like, well, sh I don't know when this is gonna stop, and then. Just the more I would get the watching a lot of you independent journalists and media members of kind of giving their updates and where they're going through. It's like, man, it's all over the place. Like it's, you know, the feds say one thing, different states say other things. Some people obviously don't care in certain areas and there's areas out here where they didn't care. And there's areas like where we work where like people are still masked up with tons of stuff while they're driving by themselves. Um, that you know the whole spiel um so we i i think it was like a month into into that is when we're finally just said hey if you guys want to like just come in we'll do our thing no one's gonna stop us and no one did it it, it wasn't that kind of strict like you know chili was um and we're pretty you know even in oregon the states are pretty unless you're in like a major city downtown it's so sprawled out with how many roads and how open it is it's really hard to like I mean, you'd have to have some infrastructure. Pop out the car lot. window and, and yeah. travel across the air and get yeah. right up into a child's nose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, you can't like. And luckily, our girl wasn't in school yet, so I was like, "Thank God, I don't have to deal with this crap." Because I, like, I, everyone I know pulled their kids out, and they're like, "We're not doing this. We're gonna homeschool our kids. They're making kids eat lunch out in the pouring rain here and yeah, snow, and it's just like, what are we doing?" And then the teachers yeah. wouldn't wear masks, but they'd make the kids. I was like, "No, no, no." Um. But ours, I mean, honestly, like they, was it this April? This April was the first time they stopped requiring masks for like my wife's work. Wow. 
yeah that's how it was here now granted we're not as hardcore as you know you know you have two hours to go out and shop that's pretty crazy stuff yeah um, that was that was peak stuff it, it ended up getting into going into some sort of what was interesting in chile is that they they introduced stuff in chile and it was a test it and next then within like six months it was happening mm-hmm. in britain and happening oh and it, was, you know, it was they were testing it out there because they knew people would just accept it straight away but they mm. have to slowly introduce it in the other places until it gets to that stage yeah um, because they, they will be more likely fight back and it's so all they're the guinea like, pigs well, mm-hmm. when you've got Pinochet in recent yeah, that's true. in history, that's you're like, true. all right, yeah. best not yeah. argue. Okay. <laughs> Get your mask on. Shut up. Sir. Uh, show the past. <laughs> yes, yes, whatever, whatever. Um, but you know what it got me thinking at that time and obviously listening to all the stuff going on? And mainly I was really just listening, especially a lot of Ryan's stuff at the time and Corbett's was these studies that were coming out. Study after study that pre-COVID and currently and then the trials they were going through with Pfizer and everything, but a lot of just even the mass studies and, you know, Stanford's review, peer reviewed, random controlled, like what they're called the gold standard, not just, you know, a preprint. Um, not that you can't have a good preprint. I mean, even that can all be questioned, right? You know, even the, the peer reviewed system. But if that's what they were going by and he was showing, I was like, man, this really like, you know, and you see the restaurant thing, I don't know how it was with you, but it'd be like, you could go in here with a mask. And then the second you sat down, apparently it doesn't, you know, travel higher. And I mean, I don't get how even just that, if you didn't know anything about anything, that, I mean, logically, I mean, that's a, one of the most obvious, dumbest things I've seen. Yeah, logic went out the window. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People were losing their shit besides getting toilet paper everywhere and, and uh, <laughs> like loading up on, you know, the fast food is open, the liquor stores. Uh the weed shops here, not that I'm against any of that stuff. But, but the it was kids' interesting toys what they have, tried to. have like boundaries and plastic over in the oh, UK. Yeah. And it says not essential items. Stop stop it. <laughs> stop buying your but, kids stuff to play with. <laughs> what it what it got me thinking of, and it you guys were already all ahead of it, but before everyone was really breaking down kind of what they saw it leading to was making me think, at least here, because of how wide open we are, and it really would be hard to really control every state, you know, to the degree of how spread out we are, at least here in the States in cities, it'd be easier. That's, I think that's, you know, half the point of the 15 minute kind of cities to really get people in these areas and it's easier to control. But my thought was, man, if they're trying to do this with like, you know, the vaccine cards to get in places to add and mass for this or checkpoints here, I was like, the only way this is going to work is digitally. You can't do it via paper. Too many, you know, all this stuff you can't. And I was like, uh-oh. And then, like, the first thing I saw just randomly talking about in the U.S. of, well, by 2025, unanimous bill passed to put a kill switch on cars. You know, for in case you have a drunk driver. You know, nothing else, you know, else, you know. No, nothing Just else. an O.J. Um, Simpson. Like, it's yeah. just for O.J.'s. That's all. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, shut down the Bronco. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I'm just like, that's a little. I was like, well. That makes sense. And then then it's you know, right on cue, everyone is kind of like, yeah, this could get, as soon as they can get kind of any a digital ID, digital currency, we are hosed as far as that kind of control. I do wonder about how a lot of the old people here in this country could handle it because they can't even handle smartphones right now. So I'm curious how that would work. But it, it worries me. That's why I started really thinking, oh, we're screwed for the future, not just 
this year or in Oregon three years of junk. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's hard to know what's going to be what's going to be the next calamity. Yeah. Whether they're going to pull out another virus, or whether it's just financial, or whether it's a big cyber catastrophe, yes. or whether it's some sort of something that appears from the sky, yes. like a, a big glowing object. <laughs> Look so over it, here. <laughs> Oh my God! It's Mister Et himself. And he comes out. What's he saying? Believe Henry Kissinger. That's yes. all. Goodbye. <laughs> you know that. That's all hail. Yeah. All hail Kissinger. <laughs> yeah. Round uh, the universe, we have decided he is the most superior person, and you should relook at all of his life and agree with him completely. Put his oh, brain yeah. in a jar. Yeah, yeah. You know it. You know it. You know it. This is so. So um. Yeah, well, one of the things you were saying there that was really—I I mean, I, I thought you—I uh, I thought you might uh, go into another direction with that because uh, w- one of the things you saw in Chile almost straight away is they got rid mm-hmm. of all menus, all menus, all paper yes. physical menus, right, really mm-hmm. quickly, and it was all of these uh, QR codes that were were on everything, and um, it was really awkward especially if you've mm-hmm. not got the best generation phone or you're trying to stay off the 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 matrix um, yes then then it gets really hard and you you of course have to mm-hmm. invest in their technology then to be able to use this stuff yeah. and I, I was at one point oh man this is freaky so so i was i was like uh, going back between britain and and chile and in Britain, there was none of this. There was, they're still all using uh, paper menus. Yeah. No one's, no one's even thinking about it. Because if you get, if you say to a load of British people, "Can you scan that?" They'd be like, "Can you just, can you just bring me the menu and shut up, please?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, where's my beer? For God's yes. sake! You know, you, you don't get, you don't get necessarily the same response as you would in other places. So I thought, oh, that's that's quite amazing that um mm-hmm. uh, that that Chile would be that far ahead, like technologically ahead. And I was walking through Santiago um one time. I was in Santiago and I was doing an order, everything, and I'm walking around, and there's these um people and they got their cameras and they're right up close to this tree it was a nice sunny day they're right up close to this tree and they're taking pictures of the trunk it looked like that and i was just like what what are they taking pictures of and i realized it's a a little qr code that you scan Mm. that can tell you what type of tree even though there's apps that allow you to make value it was a little qr code and it was this kind of thing to get used to interacting technology with nature and then it takes you out of nature and suddenly these people are scanning the the qr code to look at a picture of a tree when there's a tree (laughs) right next to them it doesn't make any sense and then soon the qr code is going to be a relic it's just like a a transient technological solution it's not even something that's going to be around for much longer uh before you know it like the the you won't need you 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 will know what you want and you will scan the area of what you want and everything (laughs) will know what you want because henry kissinger is inside your mind that's right (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. but um, oh man yeah that's why it made me think of that how how has that been over in um where you've been have you seen many I have. It's it's a mixed breed of the town you go to. Um, I'd say the closer you get to the major city, you're going to see a lot more of that. The QRs outside, it's I'd say it's yeah fifty fifty depending on the the restaurant or something like that. I just talked to 
Havari about that in Mexico. And he was, he just ran into that this weekend. He's like, I don't even have my phone on me. And they're like, well, what do we do? He's like, I don't know. Tell me what you have. And I was like, and he's like, well, we have this tablet. You can, you can look at the tablet, and, you know, and they're trying to talk environmental. And I'm like, so the lithium and the tablet is more conscious than the paper of the menu, like the amount of uh, little slave labor you got to get that lithium and that tablet right here. Cause that's kind of how they push it here too. It's like an yeah. environmental thing. And yeah. I'm just like, uh, I, I usually go to places I know ever since probably 2020, <clears throat> excuse me. I've been very selective of where I go even more to like, I'm going to go to places that I knew didn't do those things in 2020. If that makes sense. Because no, a lot of them turn that, you know, now they're fine. And I was like, I know some of you were just trying to keep, get by. And I know some of those owners and then other ones, they pulled together and they didn't go crazy defying in the streets, but they just said, you know what? We're open. Come on in and we'll just leave it be. And those are the ones I was like, all right, you're good eggs. I'm going to go there. Um, and the other places I remember the only time I remember I, I put one on on my chin because I just wanted to get it was my daughter's birthday and she wanted to build a bear and I took her in the mall to get one. I was like, I got to do it. And I put it there. And even then they were like, well, your mask isn't our kind of mask. I or maybe it was the Disney store. It was one of those. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, well, we have our own. I was like, what do they got a chip in it or like your own special like <laughs> virus built into that? Like, Disney, oh, Disney. Crap. Disney mask nowadays will have oh, a massive dildo on the front. Yeah, right. so, I mean, they'll <laughs> be like, no, you have to kid. wear this one, this yeah. self-autoerotic uh, <laughs> mask that we've got over here next to our next to all of the kids' clothes, of course. Don't mind the dildo and the in the stuffed animal we're going to give to your child. Seriously, yeah. seriously. Yeah, for real, though. Sweet shopping, sweet, sweet shopping Cardiff with yeah. dildo chocolate right in the kids' section. <laughs> Just, uh, oh, God. Uh, uh, I know, I know. You can't make it up. Uh, anyway, sorry. Go on. Yeah, um, that was the only time, and we were able to get it, and they I just just stood there and said, "I'm not doing anything else. Can you just give my kid his bear, her bear?" And uh, and that was that was that. Um, but yeah, I, I remember those places, and I try to. So luckily, I think in my experience, at least my individual, which obviously isn't everybody, um, I don't see as many QRs, but. When you're going places and walking by, yeah, almost every window of a lot of storefronts will have a QR code or even at the gas station or the grocery store is going to have some sort of code for something. Um, but even now, I've, I've been really trying to push. If I go to a grocery store, it's like the guy who's lived in this town for 100 years that still owns it. It's not the big corporate one. He's using local produce, at least trying to do. Yeah, you're trying to really be more community wise. Um, I'm not trying to burn you and prosper here be like look i'm doing this but i don't know it just made me more focused on you know the saturday markets the local you know buddies that i know that have their own cattle or their own you know orchards and their own fruits and veggies um even if i do my own little small garden you know whatever i can do to i I think there's a negotiation of Mm -hmm. like like this uh, i don't know what it is um I, i i can't describe it it's that sort of you have to carefully select the people that you are willing to support. But then there's a certain amount of people who 
it's not their fault they don't understand and you meet them yeah and you realize that and you're willing to bend your unbreakable rules but then there's the right bastards so like in in a place is a, a, a supermarket called l tit in chile and i was standing <laughs> in an l tit with uh with with my baby in my arms trying to buy baby food and diapers without a mask on and the girl refused to serve me yeah that is what they call evil that mm -hmm. is great yes. evil that is one of the worst type of evils you can imagine oh, yeah. that that type of stuff is like mm -hmm. can you not see who you are when you deny something so basic you know when you're not willing to bend the rules or and and that's the thing is that there's a load of people in that same supermarket i remember there was a um a guy in who was really old and i let him go in front and mm -hmm. when i had this standoff with him he basically took her side and tried to get me oh to... god and i had been like polite and lovely yeah. to him and i thought oh well that's just the way it is but i th this is what i'm talking about it's like a trade-off in like a virtue trade-off here mm -hmm. so i'm like i i'm trying to stand by my point but i know at the end of the day they're going to win because I need mm -hmm. baby food and diapers more than, yes. uh, the, the, you know, so so I they know they're going to win. The one guy, though, I'm polite to him and I let him go first, and I'm, you know, and he's very nice. He only sides with the other person because he believes it's true. And if you believe it's true, then it's not really his fault. And he's siding with a girl who maybe he's a bit of a gentleman and all of that. So there's loads mm -hmm. of trade-offs and they're all like virtue trade-offs. Like, yes. who, who do I try and impress the most? And like, it gets me really annoyed when I get into those situations and I can see all oh, that yeah. happening. I just, I become really annoyed really quickly. Um, oh, ditto. What was your, did you have like your worst experiences during COVID in that sense? What was your, what was your worst experience of like, uh, service during the whole COVID or denial of service you had. had oh yeah, um, you know, uh, <laughs> I uh, I had it better than most because um, I know I've mentioned you, you to him before. Another guy I kind of found leading up to finding yourself and other you know journalists was a guy who was in Eugene just south of here, and that was just as nuts as portland up here and his name was scott armstrong he has a rebunk news and does some stuff for t lab too and he like he got fired for his job for stuff and i kind of went his route a lot where just like you know what i don't care i'm just i'm gonna go places that i know uh on the down lower cool just like i think that's why people started coming you know to us more because i we had more people come in and be like oh i don't have to do this then just throwing a fit screaming like where's your mat where's this like you know because we we took a very neutral you know approach so i my worst experience i mean the craziest was probably when my son was born just because that was right in the beginning um mostly it would just be usually not trying to be but i mean i gotta be honest like it's a very overweight crazy lady in like a grocery store and start screaming at me That'd be about it. You know, well, super I've that. I, we've yeah. had that when it wasn't COVID, but still. I yeah, it's true. That's true. And, uh, you know, with her basket full of, like, I don't know, donuts and just, I don't know, every frozen food thing you could think of is just trash. Uh, I'll tell you a story after you tell me this. <laughs> okay. Uh, but there would be that. And then, you know, we'd get, I wouldn't get any super 
shouting matches or anything. I'm not a super confrontational person. I'll just go about my business and kind of just give you the nose and kind of tell you to piss off and leave. Um, especially when I'm mainly dealing with like overweight ladies. I don't want to, I don't want to be on YouTube. <laughs> That's reason. Uh, but uh, no, I just, I just went through. If they kicked me out, I had to tell them to kick rocks. And most of the time though, I would just find places that people I knew. And I just like, I'm just, I'm going to go the places I know. And I knew enough to get by where that wasn't an issue, if that made sense. So I kind of got lucky in no crazy restaurants. And half of those places I'd be like, I don't need to go to this type of food anyway. I, like, I don't need to eat out. I'm gonna, I'll make my own food. I'll go to this grocery store because I know I'm, I'll, I might deal with some crazy customers, but the people working there are cool to me. And I'll you know, give them the business. So that I was lucky, I think, in that sense. I could go further enough to a place that I knew was like, we're not doing this kind of junk. So I really didn't get too much craziness. It would be just the random customer in our place who might have a like a freaking meltdown. And then we just tell them, oh, you don't have to come here. You know, if it's, you know, it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it, it was more the craziness in the very beginning when my son was born because he, he was born extra early like my daughter. And I had the nerve, the, the, the OBGYN and the midwife were there and they started arguing with each other over what to do because he wasn't coming out right. And the nurse next to me, my wife's just trying to get give labor. So she's just trying to do her thing. And the nurse is looking at me like, I don't know what's going on. They're fighting. They go out in the hall to like discuss what to do. One wants to push, the other wants to do a C-section. I'm just like, I don't know. Just oh I don't know. I'm not, not a, I, I don't, know. don't just, know that, Ralph. Just cut it out, would you? Just, just get cut it, out. it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I mean, so, the arguing. Just cut out the arguing. I didn't mean yeah. cut out the baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> and and then at that point, you know, with stuff in the hospital, COVID, like, seems to go out the window with them. It's like everything's just so hit or miss. Um, <laughs> long story short, wife has to go get a C-section. They bring me in, put me in, like, a... I wouldn't say hazmat suit, but I look like a like a painter's suit. <laughs> I go back there and he's not breathing. So they're like, well, we'll we're going to put him on the CPAP machine for a while. And there was like, I remember three doctors to the side um, and one on a TV screen. And then another doctor came in, I think just because I was in the same gear. He's like, oh, hey, what's uh, so what's going on here? I was like, Dude, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what the hell's going on. I was like, my son can't breathe. That's all I know. He was like, oh, sorry. I thought you were. I was like, no. And uh, so they they said, normally we'll go like 20, 30 minutes. And if not, we need to shoot him up to the the bigger hospital because this is, he's not, his oxygen level's too low. He's not breathing. Um, but they have a bunch of restrictions. So we'll see what we can do to get you guys in because they're not allowing anyone else in. It was just myself. At least I was in with my wife. I was happy for that. And luckily enough, they let him go another 30 minutes. He wasn't, still wasn't really, you know, breathing enough. And so they said, let me try one more thing. This was the, the midwife lady. She's like, I got an idea. And I remember doing this with my daughter was, you know, just the skin to skin type, you know, bonding. And after he peed on him, they handed him to me <laughs> instead of peeing on me. But he's done that plenty since. Um, I just sat there with him for like 30 minutes. He laid on my chest and like within that 30 minutes, he was, he was golden uh, and he was back to normal. And we haven't had any, luckily, knock on wood, situations since. And then just from there, that was the weird thing of like checkups, like just trying to go to the doctor with that kind of junk was just like, you know, and I, I feel fortunate we didn't run into anything where they're trying to mask our kids because I wasn't doing it anyway. But it was just, I don't know, that was a sticky, 
sticky situation in the beginning. That would probably be my craziest thing. I, I don't have any. I wish I had a good, crazy, you know, fight or brawl uh, story. I can but. tell you, I got terrible. I mean, my, my, I, I wasn't allowed in in Chile. They'd closed the embassy and pretended it was open, and the phone would just ring and ring and ring and ring. They wouldn't answer oh. any of their emails and all of that. So I missed the birth of my child, and I was we. we it was just like that. That was really a really like a sad moment. A sad. That'd be oh, rough. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Oh man, there was loads of there. There's been, uh, especially over the past few years, loads of rough moments in my life. I can promise yeah. you. Uh, and a load of it has been due to COVID. One of the one of the things. There's two stories I was gonna. Uh, it popped into my head. One, his kids. This is a good conversational mm-hmm. uh, podcast we got going on yeah. here. So, uh, so I hope you don't mind me telling you a couple of stories. No, yeah. One, one was a an extremely big woman uh, of the <laughs> mum of the Callahan family when I was in school. Oh man, Mrs. Callahan. That's all I knew what her name was. I don't know what her real <laughs> name was. But um, and uh, her sons were my best friends. Like, oh. um, uh, and and probably my tormentors. No, I mean, uh, uh, oh, they were like a rough Irish family, mm-hmm. you know, light fingers. Uh, Fatty Callahan, as the police called him, was one of her sons, and he he uh, burgled my one neighbor nine times and my other neighbor like eleven times or something oh. like that. Yeah, yeah, he never touched us though because I went to school with him. So we oh, that's good. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't believe. It. I reckon he's the one who stole my bike. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but, but but you know this Callahan family were were a bit rough. I mean, I, I, my best friend was Adrian Callahan, and we got into loads of trouble when we were young. <laughs> well, one day, one day, um, Patrick Callahan, who was violent as hell, left me with in the one fight we had. He left me with scars across my face for about five years. He's really vicious kid. That's Fatty Callahan. Uh, mm. uh, he got expelled from the school, the school kicked out, and that was really rare. And his mum came in to have a go at the headmaster. We remember going to the office, and there was a load of shouting, and then there was a thud, and then she walked oh. out of the office, and she'd been carrying a big bag of potatoes the entire time, and then she <laughs> knocked out our headmaster with one oh. swipe of, of the potatoes, and he was knocked Dang. out in the room. It was fantastic stuff. Oh man, she was a good one. But in, uh, during COVID, I mean, I mean, oh my God, the one one of the most frustrating because I had loads, I had loads, I had mm-hmm. ones where I'm traveling in between countries, going backwards and mm. forwards. Yeah, um, and and there's like there's like loads of points in flights where they were like, no, we, we need to check this or check this, um, mm-hmm. and it was like I'm the last one. On one, I had paid to make sure that I was going to be in the express queue so I could go first, and mm-hmm. everybody could 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 uh, go for the thing. And I still got on the plane last because the woman asked me why my signature looked that way. God, how can you explain to someone why your what? signature looks that way? She wouldn't let me get on the plane because my signature looked that way. And I just like, but it's my signature. You don't get yeah. to choose what my signature looks like. It's so frustrating. But there was uh, the worst one was in Cardiff. Um, it was insane. It's, it's just down the road from, from where I am now. Uh, there's this vets. Oh my God, the people there. I feel so sorry. <laughs> they used to be the best vets around. And mm-hmm. I got a lovely dog called uh, Bella, and she's a little chalky. And um, I, I I took her down to the uh, the vets uh, to to have something done. I think she had to mm-hmm. chip, something like that. 
went in and they got this lovely outside garden bit. And I said, uh, "Is it all right if I drop her off with you?" And I'm, I, I, I don't, I, I'm exempt. I even had an exemption, like oh, nice, yeah. My neck. Mm-hmm. So my, well, my, my housemate found it on the street. It was fantastic. Like just nice. You'd, you'd want, you'd want it to. You think it stopped the crap. It didn't stop anything. It's uh, people were still dicks all of the time. So I stopped wearing it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I only wore it a few times. So I'm saying, <laughs> oh, it stopped. It stopped absolutely bloody nothing, really. And like <sighs> once or twice, maybe. Um, but I, I said to her, I said, I said to this woman in this vet, like, oh, uh, yeah, I'll sit outside because I don't want to put on the mask. And uh, and um, and she was like, oh, all right. And I said, well, I'll drop it off go away, come back 15 minutes later, sit outside in the garden. And then when they were just getting there ready, I said, um, is it all right if I quickly pop in, grab a couple of these little like doggy things that they have on the mm-hmm. side, and then I'll go back out and I can pay from outside. And they said, yeah, all right. And I went inside and I picked <laughs> one, two, and there was like three. And it was like a little dog coat and stuff and a little dog toy and whatnot. You know, I just, puppy, I need, I need puppy stuff. So, so I, I was just getting the last thing, and the, the the vet manager come out, and she screamed like a banshee. She was like, ah, <laughs> and I was just like, I, I, I just asked. I'm just, I'm gonna go sit back outside. She's like, get out, get out. And so she chick kicked me out. So I'm sitting in the garden, and they still got my puppy, and I'm like. Okay, and they're like, okay, you have to pay now. And I said, no, first of all, I want to speak to the, the manager and have a conversation with her because that was just insane. Oh, I recorded yeah. all of this because, of course, you know, I just put it, I had my phone in my hand recorded. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, because that was really insane. And I'm really calm. And she just came out and started screaming and shouting at me. And <laughs> I, I, before, you know, they gave me, they gave me Bella and I said, but before I pay, I want to have a conversation mm-hmm. with her about how yeah. you treat people and how you have a conversation with people and treating people nicely and understanding that not everybody uh, is handling the pandemic in the same way and all of this. And uh, they went inside and they, they talked a little bit with her. She refused to come out and speak with me. And they came back out and they said, okay, we're not going to charge you for any of this, but you have to leave the premises or we're going to phone the police. And Jeez. it's like, wow, that is. Wow. So I, I went. So yeah, but but I, I picked up the puppy, and I'm like, like things like this tend to happen to me in life. Like it just like I, I'm, I, I make a small stand about something, and then mm-hmm. the shit comes back. That's the way yeah. it works. So <laughs> it keeps happening over and over, and has happened throughout my life. So so I went back uh, to my. Uh, my wonderful monkey, my brother from another mother, who's a co-owner yeah. of this lovely puppy, and um, and when I was in Chile, was was training her up, in, so she'd be the best puppy in the world because she nice. is like the best dog in the world. Um, but but yeah, it came, came back, and I was like, okay, this happened, and he was like, it must have been you. There's no doubt that this must have been you. And he had just uh, pulled his arm. He had been. I can't remember if he was playing rugby or football, but he had his arm in a sling. And um, mm-hmm. he, he went down to this, his vet and he went in and he was just going to, he, he literally was just going to open up the door and just say to the woman, is it okay if I speak to you about what's just happened with, with uh, my, my housemate? And she ran at the door and she kept slamming the door with squall screaming on his arm, which was like up in a sling. And it was just <laughs> he come back, he was like, okay, that was obviously not you. Yeah. <laughs> definitely not you on that occasion. And it was just like, it, it, within this, 
this this whole thing it was just like this erratic fear that i'd never seen before in people in some areas and it turned out that, that i i tried to change vets and then it turned out that the vets like this blanket company owns basically nearly all the vets oh god the so they yeah. can and they all have the same they all have the same policy and they all wanted to know why Dang. we're moving the, the dog and etc and they all wouldn't accept it and the worst thing is the overarching like company is called something like independent vets limited it's got like independent <laughs> okay. in the title and it's got like 200 and something vets or something it's such a oh, god. such a gun yeah i know but but i mean that's that's that type of behavior mm -hmm. during the pandemic i think all we just saw was people's real reaction under pressure yeah and it was just a little bit of pressure um, something you so, had mentioned oh i'm sorry no, go um i uh it, it I try to find this balance of, especially now that I'm more, oh, I mean, I'm not by any means any expert. I'm still fairly new to this. But listening to likes yourself and other, you know, independent media, obviously I'm more aware of things now, not to any expert level, but, you know, different than before. And I try sometimes, I forget when, you know, when people would freak out and lose their mind or certain things. I was like, they just, but they, they're not maybe not into their own fault that i mean how would they find half this stuff um you know like i i could barely find it at first and then once i did it was easier you know and different alternative media aspects but like you know if you're just googling or youtube i mean good luck finding half of you know your stuff i mean i know you can still have a lot of your stuff up but i'm sure some's been taken down and i've had a ton of mine like i mean and i i lo loads taken down especially on youtube loads loads mm -hmm. uh, hidden um, lots of search, but in Chile it was really bizarre. I went to show this guy, even my music, like I got music out, that's actually Jeez. out on like, and, and it's actually released on all the different platforms and stuff, and I tried to show this guy in Chile, and he was like, oh, what's your name? And he put in my name, and no result come up at all. Like, oh, the, even the music? Yeah, nothing come up. It was just completely did not, I'm not there at all. And I was like, wow, oh, wow, wow, that's fucking. Mm. <laughs> that, yeah, that's, that's a, some that's shady stuff. That's the way stuff. it looks to uh, when you see the other side through someone else's technological device, I think. Mm -hmm. and, and you won't see that within. The, the algorithms have got to be so clever now. Yeah, um, they really do. So, so you're, you're, let's get around to what you're talking about what yeah. you're doing at the moment so yeah can you explain to people where this started what had the idea where you yeah. had the idea and what it is so it, it kind of led um i know i mentioned him before scott armstrong who had his own show and i was i talked to him a lot and we started doing shirts for him and other independent media like you know steve poikinen and others with am wake up who's awesome dude love steve um and and you know many others and we I was like, man, I, the one downside, I mean, I live far from work and traffic stinks, but the upside is I, list, I get to listen to you guys a lot. So if I'm stuck in traffic for two hours one way, I get some good shows in, you know, especially if when Ryan has a four hour show and I'm on that that day, that, that helps. I can get half of that out of the way, you know. Um, but I was like, you know, a lot of people, I, I know some will just never, right? They'll just be like, I don't want to listen. I don't care. I'm going to go my way. But there are a lot of people I feel are open to things, but they're not being exposed to it. And I know I don't, um, and, you know, I'm fairly new to it. My my main, I had multiple goals. One, I kind of wanted to archive stuff for myself, especially everything you guys are doing because how much it gets censored or pulled off. And I was like, I'd 
like to keep this for myself. I'd like to keep some of it for my kids um, so they can see it. Not obviously now they wouldn't understand it, but as they get older, uh, just as like an archive of what's going on, but That's also more to library. Yeah. Kind of collection. And then if I can share it even with people I know, and one person can share that, or if it just, just because I'm in a different, a new, not necessarily a new genre, but I haven't been crazy censored yet other than YouTube that maybe I can get around some of these algorithms and put people like yourself out of clips. And then from there, even though it's not the full show all the time, you know, it's a lot of times it is pretty big chunks, like 40 minutes here, 50 minutes there. But if someone could even be like, Oh, I really like, you know, I saw a new world next week with James Evan Pilato and James Corbett. Who the heck are these guys? This is awesome. And then they could just click the link, you know, here's a highlight and they could, I mean, yeah, if they want to watch mine, that's great. But if it could push them more towards yourself, you know, the Corbett's, everyone else kind of out there, like get them exposed to as much as possible and then decide their own opinion from there. Like, you know, maybe they don't always agree with everybody and that's fine. But if we can have open dialogue and dialect and listen and get a different point of view than, you know, even the higher up, I know we mentioned, you know, the higher up in the indie media of like the Rogans and the Russells. It's like, I know that's where it seems to be kind of going but i know that can lead people down there but maybe if they even started there and then from there they could get to and not get sucked in and just get away from even though corporate media is gonna be dead soon anyway but you know away from that and just if they can just be exposed to it that was kind of my goal if i can do yeah. any part in that yeah i think there's a massive amount of uh interesting things happening at the moment i mean it's obviously the, the mainstream media, and we've talked about this um, off camera. Mm -hmm. The mainstream media is is faltering, falling, crashing to the ground, minus 80% plus um, disapproval disappro uh, rating. So it's, it's doomed. They're doomed. They're, they're going to crash. And there's a selection of other ways to, in to, uh, to take in news, but also um, lots of different platforms being put up and advertised heavily into people's faces. And when you talk about the brands and the, the mm -hmm. um, Rogans, and I know, I know uh, from, from my own point of view, like uh, or my own opinion, I'd say the Iversons and the redacted yeah. level, which mm -hmm. shoot the same headlines at people. Look at this dangerous thing. Look, this is going to kill you. This is going to hurt you. You know, that sort of like, um, I agree. Uh, that's it feels like uh, the opposite of what we're supposed to be on the independent media. We're not supposed to be scaring people. We're supposed to be bringing people information that's exact and correct. It The fear porn is them upstairs. So if them, if the mainstream media is dying because of all of their fear porn, to replace it with a different brand of fear porn seems like a completely and utterly ridiculous task. And I watched Russell Brand. I mean, if you talk about Russell Brand, I watched Russell Brand try and turn himself into some sort of like Buddha figure by talking to Yuval Noah Harari and and people mm -hmm. who are big into the dark enlightenment and yeah. like like sort of bring these people like. Just, just, I, I, he, and then, and then, I, I, I love in so many ways. I love him. In so many mm -hmm. ways, I love him. Yeah. In, in so many ways, I think he's doing exactly what he, he, he sees um, the 
a big game between the old world order and this technocratic world yeah. order. And the old world order is what we used to call the new world order. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not anymore, is it? It's yeah, definitely it's the old world order. It's, dead. it's like it's, it's em- the, the, the mainstream media and its, its uh, tentacles are emblematic of that, yeah. um, old world order and how it's... That'd like. be a funny shirt, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the so old order. Even... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but this technocratic world order where it leads mm-hmm. this is this is a different this is a different thing it's being sold off yeah. i mean purposely sold off to these people so the people who are taking control now are big uh tech giants who are going to be funding i know platforms like rumble uh mm-hmm. who are going to take who are going to be the ones who are in charge of all of these different yeah. platforms where we put out all our stuff and of course then if all of the people who want to make content and there's a lot of them look up and say what are the people who are getting loads of views what are they doing you know i could get loads of views but they don't realize that loads of those views are fake loads of those views are bought for a load of advertising goes into those views mm-hmm. um but they also don't realize the the sides that these people are actually on and yes that following them means they are taking a, they are becoming aligned a, a and they're showing their allegiance to um, an ideology that they uh, they don't even understand they, you know they're just yeah. stuck within following that yes. it, that word internet word and this is one of the reasons why it's so important what you're doing and it seems like such a simple idea oh mm-hmm. you take uh, the best clips out and you put them in but it's not being done properly because people go too far up there, don't they? They, they uh, when when this has, I don't think I don't think there's actually uh, on the like the the this alternative media that we're on on this this level where you where I believe you're more likely to hear the truth than anywhere above. So mm-hmm. whether whether it's whether it's true or not. <laughs> it means that all of this information swimming around is more yes. likely to be the truth. Don't believe mm-hmm. it is all true, and this is why, like, pe- like, sure. like people like Brian Christian saying, question everything is yeah, is like a, a really important thing. Um, it is to push out question everything the they're putting out and the narrative, and you know, he even says question myself, which I I I like that because then it it holds you accountable because I find myself, you know. I catch myself even with a Corbett, you know, or someone is like, you just, you like what they say. Right. And it kind of like, this is amazing. You know, his documentaries are amazing. And then you're like, I should still question him though. As much as you like him, you don't want to get in that same cycle of blindly following anything. And every single one of the guys on the alternative media, man, mm-hmm. woman, child, yes, they've all got foibles. They've all got foibles. I can promise yeah. you. I've seen that. I've seen right inside a load of it. And I've been like, Oh, right. Well, humans, humans are humans. Yeah. So we, we, we all, we're all the same, but there is mm-hmm. an element. The reason why we are, why we are alternative media is we're pushed out of the mainstream or we're pushed yes. out of the bigger channels and that will continue mm-hmm. to happen. Um, yeah. So you're going to go on with making these shows. How do you see it evolving do you see have you got like any ideas for what 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 you or have you because you said you know you've had censorship on youtube mm-hmm. and you must have like uh tried out on a few different platforms what's your feeling of it 
Yeah, so I would say I need to do better of getting it out a little more. I wanted to take a page out of a handful of people, even like yourself, that I think if you, especially now with, I mean, we still have the censorship issue in a lot of places, obviously YouTube. But if you can just shoot it out as many places and see if it sticks in that sense. Like I know free thought project, you know, they're trying to do that, you know, Corbett, even as much as he hates YouTube and Ryan does that. I don't know if you've seen his pirate streams he does on YouTube where he's just taking people's accounts and just keeps popping it up everywhere. Just, just for the fact that if you could just reach one person and that's always a good thing. Um, I, that's what I need to do. So right now I just have YouTube rumble odyssey. I've been trying to get on Rockfin, um, but that's kind of a work in progress. And I was doing BitChute. I just need to be better at, they take like a smaller format upload. So I, I, I've heard Brighteon and a bunch of other ones. I should probably just keep splattering out as much as possible other than, you know, just Twitter. And then my main page just is where all the links are for people like yourself. And then I, uh, there was a, a group called like Indie News, Indie News Network, and they reached out and they said, hey, you should throw this on a sub stack too, just to keep it going out there. Same kind of concept of like, here's all the links, here's the video for the week, just slap it out there. Just someone sees it, then it's just getting more of those media members you, out. You'll but, also find with, with what, what sticks and what, yeah. finding out what sticks, you just got to keep doing it. And this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying about this being filled. There's fundamentally no review show for this level sort of, of stuff. And it is very important. It, I mean, it's very important that I can say what I think should be on it and you can say what you think should be on it. But this mm -hmm. is the same thing with newspapers. I am trying to um, personally um, remember to include the other side uh, oh know. yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah it's something that, yeah that is really hard to get a, a, um, a grip of sometimes because sometimes it's just so far out that it's just like it wow um right so so apart from this is gonna this is probably going to evolve as you go i i i would say that you know i personally decided at the moment I'm just like I upload to three platforms and I keep my stuff on a hard drive knowing that eventually it's probably going to have to go up to another platform when they pull down you know, pull down my channels on whatever various I mean Rumble is a teal platform and a lot of what I see happening in the future is going to say mean saying bad stuff about Peter Teal so why set yourself up with a platform that you can censor people yeah. saying stuff about yourself unless it's for that reason and then promote out big names on it get everybody on board and then boom you've got your your and and it's so interesting additions on on the rumble when you put in your videos there's kind of a couple of things where it's like put in your name who's in this video and stuff where yeah. was it recorded those sort of details is like oh cheeky cheeky they're, mm -hmm. trying to, they're, they're trying to see more and on one occasion i put in um uh, at my handle mm -hmm. on what's your name uh, or what was your YouTube channel, um, and it linked across, and the the video instantly got pulled from YouTube. So it oh. somehow notified. It literally, I pressed it, published, uh, email. This video has been taken off YouTube, and I just put in at uh, 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 join yeah. at newspaper uh, HQ or whatever it was. So uh, it, I mean. There's obviously a censorship platform being built up. This idea of going across everything, how 
is it you know i you i take it you're just at the beginning of this uh journey yes. you, you, yourself yeah. so it's just a case of fumbling around and finding what's best what what are the best like what what's the best reaction you've had which platforms have been the most uh lucrative in the amount of view counts or interactions do you think yeah i mean sadly probably youtube still other or you know I mean, through Twitter. I try to post all of them on Twitter so everyone can see each one. Rumble would be the second. Odyssey, the 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 lowest. Um, and I totally see what you're doing with the the thing you were talking about with Rumble because I had that happen to me this last week's episode with having it linked with YouTube, and it pulled it instantly. Yeah. Uh, right. After. Um, teal, like, teal, teal. Yes. Don't trust Peter Teal. No. Just, just he's saying. A bad I'm dude. Just saying. Yeah. He's yeah. A bad dude. You. He's, uh, yes. The so Lord. I, it's almost like the the weeks YouTube gets pulled, my Rumble does better, and the weeks it doesn't, then YouTube does a little better. Um, and probably just because it is so mainstream, I hate it. Like I I get not supporting you know flat platforms that aren't free speech, but at least if I can get it out, I'm I agree I'm not completely with that. That's the yeah. best one. I think that's the best yeah. one. I, I I really do not agree with the. Um, don't use certain platforms. I think yeah. those are the ones you've got to piss off the most, and you've got to. Yes, I like doing that. <laughs> yeah, it only takes a, it only takes a couple of people to be uh, interested enough to go somewhere else and support your work in another way. Yeah, but there's also the increasing because that's the one thing that I didn't do from the off when I started out. I didn't start asking for supporters straight away because I was bumbling around not knowing what I was doing and trying to mm -hmm. work out what I was doing as I go sure. along, um, which is what we all do. Um, and then you realize there's a load of support there uh, and has been there all along if you're able to vocalize what your um, specific deal is, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of our deals on the indie media or the alternative media, whatever you'd like to call it, is that ability to bring information that don't get anywhere else um, yes. very sp specific. So I think that's obviously a place where you're going to stay within. Right. What else What else does a dude like to do, man? What else? I mean, you do your <laughs> T-shirts. You've obviously got a family. You've got a, yeah. a, an extremely obedient dog, except for squirrel. <laughs> uh, yeah, mean, squirrel antics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. what, what 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 else are you into? Because I know I know you uh you like some sports, don't you? I do, I do. I've uh I've gone a, I would say a weird journey too since kind twenty nineteen going into twenty twenty of being into like every type of social media, doing everything to being like I don't want to be part of any of it, <laughs> you know. And then when I got back into this, it was like a whole new. I had deleted everything just because I was sick of it, especially during 2020. It's like, I can't. I just want to listen to you guys. I don't want to deal with it. And now it's getting back into it and realizing, you know, trying to find other ways to get around it. So that was a, that's a new kind of journey for me, just like getting back into this kind of media of, not that I, you know, just, you know, reposting, obviously. As far as my life, I mean, I love, yeah, kids, number one. I mean, whatever, we're just always doing stuff with my daughter and my son three and six so it's a pretty fun age now we're past the i mean you still have sleepless nights obviously but the not the every you know wake up every two hours for feedings those are past so that's nice um anything with my kids are starting to get into some stuff little guy i'm trying to get him to do some rugby to have fun 
he's into every sport. My girl, she's doing dance and gymnastics and she likes rugby too. So we'll see. I don't know if my wife would be into that. <laughs> she's a it's little not, more delicate, but if she it's not, it's not the most well-known sport in the U S I suppose. No, no, it's not. It's a little more niche over here. Uh, it has grown. It has grown. It has grown a lot though. I, I started playing and it started playing in high school. I ended up starting my own team at my high school because we didn't have it. And then, you know, played in college, came back and coached the high school team for a while. I mean, we when I played, I think I started 2002. So I'd have been a sophomore in high school. And there was maybe like five teams between here and the state next to us. And now every high school has a team. So it's better. It's not to the degree of, you know, football, baseball, basketball, where there's a freshman JV varsity there's just like one team so it's a tough thing to coach where you're you have freshmen playing seniors it's a little rough um so yeah it's nothing like in wales or the uk or australia or new zealand or any of those i mean they got a long way to go but uh i do still play time to time it's fun there's some good clubs out here and that's where i've met a lot of guys from other countries that are always good mates and uh um that's probably the only sport i really will kind of dink around with the play i'm a little older now so it's a little tougher to not as easy to recover uh, <laughs> i'm not what i used all to be about the recovery um, yeah. in, my, in my in my school um they, you weren't allowed to play football you were only allowed to play rugby <laughs> it was just rugby 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 if they if they gave uh if they gave you a little bit of time off rugby and you play like rounders like a, a basic version of baseball where it's not really anything competitive so you're mm-hmm. gonna get any uh any ideas above your station and unless you were the athletics and you could do uh with the best kid at long jumps or whatever you wouldn't you, you just weren't trained up in any other ways just rugby 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 and <laughs> about about two years after i left three years after i left i heard that the the kids uh, got on the coach and they thought they were about to leave and then they all got off the coach just before the rugby match and refused to get on unless they included football as well uh, as oh, in wow. soccer uh, yeah. into the curriculum and had a soccer team because a load of them also wanted to play uh, football. You know, it's one of the most popular sports in the UK. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't you want to? But yeah. there's no doubt that in Wales, you're not going to lose rugby. <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. It's like a deeply ingrained. It's a, one of the moments where and rugby. I mean, a lot of people don't realize um, that it, rugby is very much a gentleman's sport. There's yes, very little arguing. Even though there's so much aggression, it's actually very little arguing, and everybody abides by the rules. And there's no they do. Uh, yeah, though I, I did see, and I told you this off camera before. I did. I went with my sister. Mm-hmm. It was, um, it was uh, probably, I'm looking at my watch, probably 1993, <laughs> 1994. And I went and watched Pontypool, which is a little place just north of Cardiff. Pontypool. Uh, Ponty, <laughs> can I be fair? Uh, Ponty, well, Ponty is just a bridge, so it's Pontypool. Yeah. Um, uh, but but it's a very small place. Uh, Valley's Town, really big boys in, in oh. the Ponty Pool. <laughs> don't want to mess with them. And the Amer- they were playing the USA national team, and we went oh, and watched it in Cardiff crushed. Park. It was it was the most. Uh, it was it was like a comedy. It was like watching a comedy <laughs> because uh, as soon 
<laughs> I talk about gentlemanly, but what you had was um, a load of Americans who were unaware of how violent life was going to yes. be for them. And, uh, and every time the referee was distracted, telling off one uh, Ponty Pool player for, for hurting an American uh, off the oh, ball, uh, there was a lot of head stamping, like stamping on heads and kicking and stuff. <laughs> and people getting up and going, I, I don't understand. He just stabs on me. Can you do this over here? Can you, like, sounding. There was one guy. It was sound like John McEnroe. He was like, "Are you serious?" Like he was just—he just couldn't believe that this was this was happening. But I mean, there there was a vi- a, a view, I think, especially well that the the the, um, the Americans were mm-hmm. were not the toughest uh, at rugby. They didn't understand. So they don't. There's a lot that don't. Taught a lesson. It's it's getting better because they at least they even started at least in Oregon they have like flag and youth like really young little kids now starting it. It's just so tough to compete with American football, even soccer, and baseball, basketball. Those are just such mainstream, you know, youth like from the little bitty kids, you know. So I, I they're really doing better. There's a couple guys I used to work with here when I coached that were helping the youth program. The youth program. And they all the elementary schools getting in the PE program. So even just introducing it, you know, even as like touch, just playing touch. Yeah, and really fun, super fun. Yeah, it's so fun. Uh, I used to go, like they had a high school down here and it'd be all ages, you know, guys in their 80s, little kids, and we'd all just get together, play touch once a week. Um, but uh, I, I agree. So I'm, I'm hoping down the road, the more exposure than, you know, when I even coached in high school, it's usually their first time playing rugby or seeing a ball. So it's like I have to reintroduce the sport and that's whereas like, you know, you're playing football in high school. You've played since third grade. You know what you're doing. Uh, these kids don't. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I've even noticed even at the college level, uh, I've been fortunate enough to when I first started, half the guys I played with were from Tonga. So they taught me a lot of their those are some big boys and they taught you some good sneaky, tricky. Uh, and, you know, I told you off with uh, a couple of guys I know from Scotland and England Uh and one one guy we call Frenchy from France. Uh, he had his own style, <laughs> and uh, but you learn so much from each country and like the way they play a little bit differently, and the stuff that they do well. It was so much different than the any the U.S. and gosh, I mean I like watching U.S. rugby because it's something to watch. But gosh, I mean New Zealand comes to play. It's like a hundred and five to zero. <laughs> I, I I remember um I remember my first job like proper job was. Hilton Hotel, Five Star Opening Hotel, opening at the same time as the Millennium Stadium, which was oh, kind of hosting yeah. the Rugby World Cup in 1999. Yeah. And uh, my girlfriend at the time, her mum worked in the hotel I was working in. As they, they all worked there. Um, and uh, I remember Jonah Lomu himself oh. with him. With I got got her mum over his shoulder running through the lobby of the Hilton. She was a, a, a like a housekeeper cleaner around the place. He picked her up and ran her around the place, uh, showing off because that's what those are. But I mean, that was that's a sight. God, man. I mean, it was uh, when you live in a place like Cardiff where rugby is second nature and there's always yeah. the big teams come into play and and all of these teams like wander around the city you know they, yeah. they, when they, they're not they go into i've been been plenty of times where i've been in even somewhere like mcdonald's or something behind a load of the the one of the national yeah. teams 
Like, you know, they're, they're just the same boys doing the same things. And because it's less fame, like in the same way, it's like mm-hmm. a lot of it is family. It's a lot of people saying, yes. oh, can I have my pictures taken? Can they, you, you're great. I love you. And there's a lot of love mm-hmm. all of the time, but it's really gentle. And a lot of people don't bother people. So it's like rugby yeah. slightly different. Or even though, even in the places where it's big, it's slightly different. You're right. They've all got their little styles and their little ways. Mm-hmm. And they're all, but they, they, there is one thing that, that is true about all rugby players, I think, on earth. They're all cheeky. Really yes. cheeky boys. And I think it, that's you you have something. Something's loose just to get out there and play. It's and uh, it's fun. And it, it is. What are they? Was it the a hooligans game played by gentlemen or is it a gentleman's game played by hooligans? I forgot the exact saying, but it's, uh, <laughs> but it's true. And, and the community, I, I've never run into like compared to other sports, at least, you know, from a U.S. perspective where it's such like a, a cool community or everyone's just like, you'll kill each other on the field. And like two seconds later, you're having a pint afterwards and just like, like singing, having fun. Like it's a good welcoming, like just a good old, like boys having fun i like yeah, that part. no no hissy fits like in a, yeah uh, they get over no, it they'll make no, a joke of yeah there's no not a men screaming no. and shouting and showing yeah. off their their, mm-hmm. their bits to people well you know i'd always teaching kids they'd respecting the ref you know is a different thing because even here basketball football people are screaming at the ref and i was like well you have to address them as sir and they're like what I was like, yeah, no, that's a thing. It's a thing. You gotta. It's a yeah, different yeah. world. Like it's. A, and you'll you'll yeah. you'll be off the field if you don't. Oh yeah. You'll just you'll have your head down. <laughs> you'll be like, oh, yeah. and everybody will be going, oh no, <laughs> oh. no. And the, the family, they'll be crying. The kids. And the oh, disappointment. Yeah, yeah. Ma- mama ain't gonna give you that extra Yorkshire pudding tonight, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, anyway. Uh, well, listen. Thanks yeah. for joining me today. For thanks sure. For, thanks like, for ha- having um, me. So I mean, I'd say I'd say where can people find you? But we told a lot of uh, yeah people a lot of places to find you. But where's the main hub? I mean, you you said you know where, where's the best place for people to start off? Yeah, I'd say um, probably the best would be the even the web page indreview.org, just because I was too cheap to get .com. It was easier, and uh, and then Twitter. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the IND review, you know app. And I just repost all your guys' stuff on there. Anything I think kind of, even if it's funny, I'll try to slap it up there. But I'll pin whatever the current episode is. Um, But the website will have all the links. That's the important thing is the links and the credits to you guys. So that that way you can go directly to your video, a Corbett video, anyone. You know, like it's right there. There's no deep description. You know, it's very simplistic. But it'll be, you know, this week's episode. Here you go. Click on that. That way you can get to the real you know, source, which I think is important to get to your guys' stuff. Cause I'm just more the, I just want to get people exposed to it. It's my, you know, goal. Yeah. yeah I like that. I, I like what you're doing. Of course it's positive for the, the community and as a whole and whether people, um, but believe, uh, one side or another mm-hmm. or one person or another, a question, everything and having everybody's yeah. story down there is the most important thing. And it's exactly what I like to see, and it's exactly what I want to do in newspapers. And that's why I'll be also happy to support your work, and I'll put your stuff out every week. I appreciate um, it, and, and, yeah. and, and links to what you do because uh, it's it's brilliant stuff. Ryan, thanks for joining me on the newspaper podcast. Oh, thank you, Johnny. I appreciate it so much. This was fun. Rocking, rocking. We'll do it again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Cheers.